0: Hello, and welcome to the Presenting Complaint podcast with me, Adam Norton, and...
1: Me, Dr. G. Read it, read it right now. Luke, you no. read it. And and myself, Luke Levy. I couldn't bring myself to say doctor there. Nice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, now <laughs> we look like only, absolute only, idiots I it. It. Only
2: seen as, you know,
0: call yourself a doctor.
2: Wait, did oh, you not great. say doctor as well? No, I just say Adam Norton. Right, can I clear this up? Because <laughs> I so it's a safe oh, self-proclaimed right. title okay yeah. i do call myself dr g because if you try and say my second name you're going to ruin it and we'll people like and we're going to get on this topic right away actually i've got some beef um so <laughs> people can't say cena and this is going to sound really stupid because luke's going to absolutely thrash me here but it's yeah, four letters it, it's, either, it's, it seems it's oh. <laughs> <laughs> i know you can't remember so, can just... three podcasts <laughs> oh uh, i don't like the way we started <laughs> <laughs> can you just specify for the idiots out there luke how you say your second name
1: so yeah it's levy even though it's spelled L E V Y. it's just pronounced like with a double yeah. e but only one Probably.
2: e yeah so i'll hold the l there i'm very yeah. sorry about that but it's well, so, so nice say, to uh, finally have you continue. i've been looking forward to this the whole time what did you say
0: i was just gonna say continue your sub story but we'll move on
2: because we've got very exciting guests today, you. as you were saying, we do. We do. So, um, look, like, do you want to tell people that somehow don't know about you a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. So, uh, first, thanks for having me on. Been uh, looking forward to this one as well. Um, but I, mm. uh, I've been gradu- I've graduated just over two years ago. Um, spent five lovely years in Birmingham, um, and then graduated with my humble BDS and then went to do my foundation year uh, in Swindon, which is near Bristol, um, about 45 minutes away, um, and just lived out there for a year, and then decided to go into associateship, um, which again, I started literally just over a year ago, where I've been working five days a week at a, a practice up in St. Albans, just outside of North London, which isn't far from where I grew up. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been there, been there ever since really. Run. That's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, nice. I'm nice. nice. I like that. That was a really good very summary.
2: Good. Um, I just wanted to say, it's so weird how close our paths have been, but it literally took for us to meet online almost. So I obviously... <laughs> through was, Instagram. Uh, yeah, it was through Instagram. So I was studying in Bristol, never crossed paths there. We have a lot of mutual friends. I found mm-hmm. out after crossing paths that we still never met. But yeah, as soon as I started foundation year or sort of the summer before that's whenever I made my professional um Instagram account to just separate sort of dentistry from my personal account because everything was becoming teeth and then you were literally one of the first yeah you were one of the first accounts that I followed and I just remembered like at the time that I followed you as well it was so refreshing because I was still really in my head about Instagram dentistry and and I and it was such a big fight because I really loved what it can provide like it, it's such a lovely network of professionals mm-hmm. these people who are like what we seem, see as instagram gods or influencers 100%. are so interactive with their community and so honest that you you learn so much from it but then at the same time you just have that unfortunate aspect of it where you do inevitably compare yourself so whenever i came across to your instagram like it, it made me feel like actually there is another way you can use it or or you can tailor it to a way that you like because I sort of posted th- throughout the start of my FD year, I was posting loads of things and then I took them off because I was like, actually it doesn't feel that way. So I posted some like top tips and I was like, oh, I actually, I don't feel like I didn't really like that. Then I posted some clinical cases and I, I took those down as well. And then eventually I sort of went around the roots of more communication style things and, and playing to my strengths, but also like very quickly, once you post something, you get an instant reaction or feeling from it. And, and if you're then proud of what you're producing, that's what was nice. So you kind of opened the, the doors to me there. So I wanted to ask you how you came across your, starting your Instagram sort of profile
1: career. Yeah, I mean, obviously really lovely words from yourself. Um, I think in the one of the other episodes, you were like talking about like the love islands of Instagrams and things like that. And yeah. mine just seems to be sub below them. But so you can like attainable <laughs> um but um i think it was uh, just during my uh, fd year and i was just it was literally just thought why not like a lot of people were doing it um i got a bit of uh heat from my old uh, housemate so i studied with at dental school um, uh, yeah adam got that too 100 <laughs> percent. and um i just kind of just started posting Cased. i took a lot of photos anyway so i had a few things lined up um and i wasn't actually i'm not trying to show oh look how amazing i am i think when i'm actually typing out my captions i'm not trying to say oh these are the material I've used and quote loads of papers i've done that in a couple of posts but i'm literally typing out how i would talk to someone about my case um and just trying to make it a little bit more kind of personal i'm always wanting feedback i love it when people actually comment on it um, and actually say, you know what? oh, I like what you did here or actually I would have done it differently and I'm always open to um, feedback and I think at the end of every single post I say any comments or feedback welcome um, mm-hmm. because I generally want to try and open up a discussion, and ultimately just learn from other people. <clears throat> and I think that whole uh, all my posts are all clinical ones, a little bit on communication, but it just makes me enjoy dentistry a bit more, taking a lot of photos, um and uh it just makes you want to do better and it's it's just an I, I like the community that it that mm-hmm. it brings really.
0: Yeah, it mm-hmm. comes sorry. across um just uh, accounts like yours like are my favourite ones to come across because like for someone like me who's just starting could to see your reflections because obviously anyone can post like a class two, rubber down, blah 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 or like four to four veneers and you kind of look and you go, Wow, that's amazing, but like what's the thought process behind it and for you to be breaking down each aspect of that and i can't exactly remember when i came across your account but i remember um i i was following it and then cena said you were coming on and i just went back again to look at it and that not only the, obviously the reflection mm-hmm. but the quality of work for fd year fd plus one and obviously fd plus two now is is you know it's um inspiring you know for someone in my position who's just started FTP going like you know you were only a year ahead of me two years ahead of me this is what's capable obviously with hard work persistence and just to keep going like that so um yeah just obviously you know in terms of for me just keep doing what you're doing with the account because I learn every time you post and it, it's really useful
2: oh that puts pressure
1: on me now to keep <laughs> keep doing it <laughs> <laughs> uh, well
2: just do what you're doing because like adam was saying what everything you said there and what adam said is absolutely what comes across you show these posts and you show this great critical thinking and you set these achievable aspirations that that make us want to do it as well whenever i was like i said i had no sort of background to you i just followed your account and i thought you were you know, not from looking at you, but many <laughs> years into your career. Are you saying that? Patients, only recently, I've had
1: patients reckon. Um, I've had patients say that I they think I'm in my mid thirties. I've had patients say I'm in my. <laughs> they think I, don't, I look old enough to be a dentist. I think it really depends on how long my beard is <laughs> that week, um how <laughs> yeah. old I am.
0: which um, is why me and Cena both well, yeah. have
2: very, very long, watch, watch your beards. Absolutely, fake. Fake it till you make it. Um, so it, it comes across and 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 it's it's so nice to see, especially when there is, unfortunately, you know, for good reason, most of the parts, so many negative aspects around NHS dentistry. It's really nice to see the work that you're doing within that system. It's, mm-hmm. it's really nice to see. And like Adam says, it just gives you a bit of hope, the fact that you can do that so I mean, it's early not, on in your yeah, career it's, 100%. And I it's think, not
1: easy so go ahead, sorry yeah it's not easy to do you know a lot of the work that you want to do on the NHS because essentially the, the in my opinion good dentistry is slow like you can't you can't rush well you can rush a crown prep you can rush an endo but if you had two hours compared to 20 minutes the quality is going to be different um and so yeah. the way i'm kind of working is which and i think this sort of advice that people get told quite a lot is not chasing the money i'm not trying to squeeze out the UDA's at this precise point um because i'm just trying to learn to get better not quicker um because the mo- yeah. money will come later mm-hmm. uh, but you know my UDA target isn't the highest i don't have the you know compared to the my other colleagues at the place i work you know they can churn things out a lot quicker but they're 5, 10, 15 years my senior um, so mm-hmm. it's I, I take take my time um, so I can take photos, I can reflect, I can edit my photos I can chat with my patient, develop a rapport but the cost of that is probably I don't do as many UDAs um, as you know one would necessarily want in a financial sense um, but that's kind of a decision I made and Whilst I probably would earn more than, let's say, someone doing DCT. Um, eventually, you know, if I want to learn some skills that you would learn as a DCT, I might have to pay for a private course or go do DCT later. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's kind of thought I thought, and that's going to one of the topics why I didn't do DCT um, is actually I still might have to earn the same because I'm going to have to spend more to learn certain skills if I want to. If that makes sense a bit of a tangent but it does Mm -hmm.
2: no 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 that's exactly you know it comes across as well but
1: Mm -hmm.
2: in saying that it's so refreshing to hear that there is a life in nhs that can suit somebody like that because everything that we hear is basically black and white where if you want the time and you want to do good dentistry, you have to go private. If you want to just be an NHS dentist, you have to crank it out like a machine. But you're clearly saying that, look, you can actually learn to be a great dentist and work at a pace that that suits you. You know, mm-hmm. and like, and you don't have to. Everybody should know by now that you shouldn't be chasing the money. All these crazy dental podcasts are out there that are interviewing people that are insanely high up in their career right now who are on the big bucks will all tell you the same thing don't chase the money get good at the basics and
1: that always comes 100% and the the good thing is with the NHS is it gives you patience you know private you need to build your book you need to build a reputation Um, NHS Mm. gives you that it allows you to have patience build up a portfolio and actually you know we come into this profession to help people um, and generally it's that's what the NHS it gives you those patients um and sometimes it's stressful mm-hmm. sometimes it's you're having to do a huge amount of work for basically nothing and hope you hope that you have enough kind of small treatments to make up for it um but that is mm-hmm. the nature and it's just it's just the way it is you know I don't someone like me isn't going to change that um but it's just trying to work in mm. system and trying to use it to the best of my advantage really at this point in time
0: Mm-hmm. And that, I think that mindset is is really important and that's kind of I want to kind of take you back to DFT because I know a lot of the listeners to the podcast obviously our normal podcast is us reflecting on our week as a DFT and a DCT and I've just started in that journey um, kind of you going back to DFT obviously for you to get to where you are now you utilize that year really well and you've had this mindset of don't get fast and don't kind of just become a UDA machine, but to really progress your skills. So how did you find the FT, I guess, and kind of what are the habits that you tried to implement, I guess, throughout the year as it, as it went on?
1: Yeah, um, this could be, a I suppose, a long answer. So if I'm just droning on, just yes. just stop me and ask questions or whatever. Um, Fire I away. Think, um, FD. so... I mean my my foundation year was kind of there was very good aspects and very kind of bad aspects. The good aspects mm-hmm. is what I'll focus on was kind of my actual dentistry. I had an amazing yes, I really mm-hmm. liked my practice. Uh really good learning environment. I did a lot, etc. Bad experts was I was very very isolated. Swindon it was a quiet place, didn't know anyone. Um but that's a that's probably a story mm-hmm. for another time, but in terms of how I learned at FD was the the photography. I just took photos so often. Mm-hmm. I always had the camera next to me. Always prepared the camera at the start of the day, so it was there, ready, mirrors, whatever. Um, and I even do it now. And oh, I always I say to patients, "Oh, I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure how to plan this. Do you mind if I take some photos and then can review it in my own time or discuss it with colleagues?" No patient is ever going to say no. Um, and Actually. you learn from mm-hmm. your own work, where you're going wrong, what's, what you're doing right. Um, and it, patients get excited about what you're talking about when you have their photos. Um, yeah. So, And also, and you're uh-huh. talking to your colleagues, and I ask a lot of questions to my colleagues. If, if, if you talk to anyone from my dental school, everyone <laughs> knows I was the one to ask questions um, at the end of a case study or whatever. Um, it's just it's just how I learn, and I do that still now. I talk to uh-huh. people on Instagram, 100%. my colleagues at work, friends who I've met along the way who I can like turn to, um, and that's that's probably the biggest part of my mm-hmm. learning at, at this point in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: those two those two things are traits that just come up time and time again when you speak to successful dentists. I think if you could almost simplify it down to like its core essence is being inquisitive, have a will to learn and don't be scared to ask stupid questions or enormous amount of questions and take photos of your work. Um, And this is almost a selfish question from me is, did you have kind of uh, understanding of dental photography or any experience of dental photography before FDA or did you learn it as you went?
1: Um, Yeah, I had absolutely no idea about cameras. (laughs) Um, So that Uh was, we had an, because it was, I was kind of at the back end of COVID, we had an online uh study day on photography. Um, actually, if you look at, I think my photography sneezed through my page, it's just, I think it's just got slowly got better. Um, oh
2: no, I saw as a mm-hmm. quick change. I can't remember what you, I think you mentioned what you'd changed, or you just mentioned you were working in photography, but I remember it almost went from like iPhone quality to like, oh,
1: we've just. Snapped into four K, like look at this, like beautiful rubber down work and everything. So I um I did I bought my own camera setup, um, mm-hmm. relatively, I would on in camera terms quite cheap, um and and I learned I just googled YouTube how to use it things like that. I did do a course which um, I think was a fantastic course for anyone who's FD or. You know, associate, which was the uh, TDC, uh, Trinity Dental course with um, Ajay, uh-huh. and Verdi, um, Ajay and Ferdi, which Verdi, is a three day yep. course and they do rubber photography. Th- they do oh, a on photography photography well. yeah. mm-hmm. Wow. It's it's not stupidly expensive and it gives you a very good grounding basis in those key skills. Um, That's great. And literally, the week after I, I did their photography, it just went up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that must have been it. And that that course I would recommend. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm not affiliated mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Don't and, you know? I just really like the course, and I still talk to both of them and ask them questions nice. the whole time. And they that really really helped with my photography um, nowadays. Really, yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Because so I'm. Hard I'm in... You
1: were you were saying?
0: Go ahead.
2: I was going to change topic so you can get far away.
0: Oh, no, was just, I'm in that position now where I have my camera set up. I've got my own camera, but I'm just not, I don't feel like I'm implementing it to the way I want to be able to, just because of a lack of skills and knowledge. Um, so I think, yeah, the the thing I need to do is kind of take responsibility for that, I guess, and either learn your YouTube myself and just kind of make errors in practice or, like you say, kind of invest in a, in a course which, which kind of fast yeah, I would say my you learning. can also
1: watch um, uh, the two dentists on, on YouTube yes. they they have a really good series yes. photography. really good, um, yeah, it breaks it down so well which it, it just teaches you the basics of how the camera works and you yeah. can just use that on any uh, on any camera um, I just wanted to make one more point about um, working through DFT and associate and things like that and how to learn to do things as doing things that are slightly beyond your comfort level but not unattainable but when you become an associate Mm -hmm. you become a lot more independent you have to Um, you don't have someone holding your hands the whole time unless Mm -hmm. you've got a mentor in practice agreement with Um, and I think a really big learning point is your case selection Um, and how you plan the treatment and things like that and I'm going to give one example of a patient who came in and had a missing upper left one had a denture and a broken post-core crown upper the other upper one i can't know what i just said um and 99 percent of dentists would just say i'll oh, just take it out and we did have that discussion and i also said you know what if we try to re-endo post-core re-crown things like that and what i said to her was this could fail in three months and I'll, we were charging privately slightly cheaper but privately because it was too much mm-hmm. to do on the nhs because we could have just taken it out and done a simple denture mm-hmm. um, and then we we'll, i said i also want for a new denture just to because hers was a bit loose i planned to we did that private treatment and the backup was if it failed i'll just do an addition and i would i would then pay or refund a little bit so she could just get a same day addition done at the lab so nice. the patient was happy to go through with it. We had a backup plan in place, plus the patient's expectations. She was so lovely. She was so chill, and she was mm-hmm. like, oh, if it works, that will be amazing. If not, doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So I'm quite careful patients use certain buzzwords in terms of if they go to me when we're talking veneers, and they go, oh, I just want it to look perfect. Nah. that's I do not mind patients saying that cause that's a fair expectation. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the best at composite veneers. I don't do. I've only done one kind of canine to canine case. um And if I hear that word, I just say, "Look, let me point you towards someone who can." And then mm-hmm. I go to them. Oh, if that happens, would you mind if I come and watch? Nice. Mm-hmm. um So I well, I haven't been able to do it yet, but I've got like like. An uh, oral surgeon I refer to, uh, cosmetic dentists I refer to if need be, and if when the time arises, if it's one of my patients, I'll arrange to go for a few hours, and watch. That's 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 amazing, and and you're demonstrating
2: so well how, you know, we're it's funny because we're all trying so hard to be the best clinicians we can be. But every time it comes back to the the most important thing to be a good dentist, which is communication. 100%. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it never, 100%. it'll never come away from that.
0: Yeah. And can I just ask about, so you were talking about kind of working up outside, not obviously, not outside of your competency, but outside of your comfort zone. How do you approach that mentally? And I guess also how do you have, I guess it's setting the patient expectations low and always having a backup plan, but how do you kind of have confidence in in what you're doing is right? Because also there's so many of these uh, differing opinions, like, you know, and I, I'm not, like you can speak to some dentists and everyone wants to kind of do like a, um, so like immediate denting sealing or like um, deep margin elevation. And then you talk to other dentists who'd be like, oh, like I, I like there's no evidence for that. I don't trust it. And then, and then, I just find it difficult to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this, and I'm confident in myself that I'm a. i am can perform it right without kind of appropriate teaching on something like deep margin elevation or appropriate equipment. Um, but I know it's a treatment option for the patient, and uh, I just kind of sometimes like, okay, but it's I'm not capable or comfortable doing that at, at you know at this level.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, every, every if you give the same patient to ten different dentists, you'll get ten different treatment plans. And it's yeah. got a, I think it's what's good in my hands isn't necessarily good in yours and i mm-hmm. if I was a patient and that someone said to me, "Oh, you can have a really modern solution, but the yeah. quality of the work technically is done it's below average compared to old-fashioned dentistry, a heavy crown prep, but done technically mm-hmm. well, yeah I know what i would I would choose at that point mm-hmm. um, so you've just gotta learn what works in your hand and sure ultimately there is a bit of, you know what, I want to try it. Why not? And if I think I'm going to try it, so that case I mentioned before, I did a bit of reading about how to effectively re-endo, how to prepare it for the post, I did a fibre post with it, um, how to temporise properly to get the gums nice and healthy for the definitive. And I just read about it and actually made a little list of all my steps. And it was about 30 steps long that I had handwritten. And I, I actually stuck that, um, I because I've got loops. I never use the overhead lights. Okay, and I yeah. stuck that little list on the on the. <laughs> um, that's, um, oh, I love that. No, that's <laughs> I don't think the patient actually even saw, but it was just there, and I just had to just yeah. quickly look, yeah, up. look
0: up next step. <laughs> <There> <laughs> G- we go.
1: That's amazing. And um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing that because I don't think patients yeah. have that much confidence, but uh. <laughs> it, it just worked. That's it just nice. worked for me. Um, I and I don't want to That's miss good. don't want to miss a step. Yeah. Um, so you've just got to. Sometimes you've got to give yourself a bit of confidence. Yeah, you know, you've got to do something for the first time. I mean, mm. the very first time you did an endo at dental school, you're bricking it. so breaking yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, try <laughs> not to swear on this. <laughs> and also, I guess, and much. I guess, a uh,
0: foundation year is is the year to do that because this is the last year of your career. I mean, even in DCT, you you have supervisors, but not someone holding your hand. This is really the last year in practice where you've got someone to who can come in and kind of check what you're doing. You know what I mean? So I guess your message would be mm, take advantage of that to the, to the, take to the, most. Of
1: that massively. Yeah. You know, just try as much as you can, as long as you're being safe, you know, try that awkward extraction. So I did as many awkward extractions as I could because my ES has loves extractions, does implants. He's, I, I never saw him not get a tooth out nice um and he he i had a couple of the most weirdest extractions you can imagine and he would just not sometimes take a while but he would do it um yeah. so l- know what your es is good at if they're good at ender if they're good at extractions and, mm-hmm. and whatever they're good at try and make advantage of what their knowledge and skills are and just go absolutely ham on trying to learn that skill so at least you come away feeling confident in a specific area um, yeah. And it's what yeah. I did, and really well, mind advice. you, now I haven't, don't really, I don't do any surgical extractions because I'm not in the right environment for it, and ah. you know I've kind of lost that skill set a bit, um, which is a shame. But I'd have to, if I want to get back into it, go on a course, or whatever. But while you're uh, an FD, take advantage of having someone there and learn from someone because unless you do DCT and you go down those training pathways, you're either not going to have it again or you have to pay for it um it doesn't matter which one you do you've just got to at least know which way you're you're going
2: yeah that's and that's exactly what i did in my fd year i i've mentioned this before on wednesdays i had an oral surgeon that was there and he was sick and i was really scared of extractions so my wednesdays would just be extractions and it was just that that Mm -hmm. Uh, exposure therapy and the fact that, that i was always in safe hands you know so yes your es is amazing but obviously not every es is going to have that but then you've got some associates where you can just take them aside and ask or ask your es to ask them do you think they'd be okay if uh, on the days they're working I'll, I'll book some tricky things and if i need them would they come up and all that stuff you know so that, that's a, that's a massive help and, and like you said it's invaluable um especially if you're going to go straight into practice after, into your practice. after year after year
0: definitely definitely and this is i guess it's just another out of the air question about dft um always interesting just to kind of say if you had a message for yourself like a month into dft as i am to kind of what kind of what would you say going back to kind of i guess make the most of the yeah not just clinically growth but also i guess enjoying it and any any kind of insights in that way
1: i mean so obviously depending where you are you know if you've got to get a social life and enjoy where you are going to the gym joining a sports team whatever have have time to relax i think that's pretty standard. a lot of people talk about that um but it is definitely needed that's one of the things i struggled with in, in swindon because it was very isolating and i did i joined a house share and had a interesting experience to say the least um but it's trying having that life outside dentistry but with within dentistry i think i've mentioned a couple of them already um like communication and learning from colleagues taking photos etc um one thing i i kind of believe is become a good generalist before thinking about specializing because no, you know no. if you want to go into endo you know you need to know how to raise the flap and do surgical for you know if you're a and there's so much crossover so what i try to do is not shy away from anything do your endos on sevens, do your cobalt chromes, just just do everything um, because that will definitely stead you in put you in a good position when you can not try and apply for your associate jobs, your high end private jobs. You you need to have that well roundingness um, and don't focus on the end result. I think I had a conversation with Cena quite a long time ago mm. when you when Cena you were kind of a bit worried about how you the imposter syndrome and seeing what people can do with dentistry. Yeah, massive, I remember this. And that's kind of what I said to you. I said don't think about the end result. Kind of oh this is gonna sound so cringy. I'm gonna hate myself. No, (laughs) enjoy the journey. Um it's like, you know, you'll go to let's say you go to the gym, enjoy like try and enjoy each workout because you'll see the end result. You know, you see these guys who can do the best endos, could do implants, Mm -hmm. um they do some invisalign amazing composite bonding and all of it. And They've been, they've been training and studying so hard on their own. They, they read textbooks, they read papers, they practice at home, they go on courses, and it's taken them a long, long time. So that's why I try and imp- do those slightly more awkward things that are just within my remit, a bit uncomfortable, but I try it because then I get more comfortable doing it and then I can just keep growing from then. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I would say to NEFD. Start small, but just push yourself. Don't be stagnant. Always try and keep pushing a little bit, and you'll see. And after two, three, four, five years, you'll be a completely different dentist. Yeah. Uh huh. And that 100%. like I have to say,
2: I remember that conversation really well, and it had such a big impact on me. So thank you for that, and it got my thinking right because. If I had to give a tip for people who are a month in, I just want to tell them that th- this isn't the rest of your life. It it's it's not gonna always be like this. As in, if you're sort of that shock comes in, and for a lot of people at this time we're like, crap! I just did five years of dental school, and I'm here, and actually, this is not what I was expecting. Well, mm-hmm. don't worry. You know, even if it's gonna be like this, it's just a just a year. But actually, it's gonna get better. As, as the months go on as the weeks go on and you're going to feel more comfortable in yourself and who you are as a dentist and it's so important to just not subscribe too early to a fixed path mm-hmm. and comparing yourself to like luke was saying these people who have put all this graft in and are showing you the end result because they couldn't show you the rest of it because they were grafting the whole time you know and just because you don't end up, let's say on uh, someone that you're looking at, you don't end up this kind of doesn't make you a bad dentist, doesn't make you a bad person. So just 100%. be careful and, and don't don't put your why in dentistry, you know, work on yourself. Enjoy the time you're here because, yeah, who knows? I'm probably not going to look when I'm walking across the road tomorrow and just get hit by a truck. And <laughs> I don't want the last thing in my thought to be like, oh, crap, I think that person's going to come back with a dry sock and I've ruined it. But yeah, yeah, I, th- and I,
0: th- I completely agree. And I, it, it was actually such a mind sh- mindset shift for me, even just from yesterday to, to, um, to today. I just focused a lot more. And I was asking myself the question, how can I enjoy this? And you both just spoke about kind of enjoying the journey. But even today, my new patient exams like yesterday. Today, so this last week has been my first full week, no study day with patients Monday to Friday and yesterday, obviously Thursday, it it was just a little bit of a a drag. I had a peds trauma. I had someone who was very difficult to get normal. I had an abscess that I wasn't too sure on. I had a lot, I've had like screaming kids Wednesday and Thursday. Hmm. And I I was just a little bit like, oh, like, I know we had another kid at the end of the day. And I was just a bit like, hmm. But today, and I'm always someone focusing on trying to get better. But I think sometimes it's, getting better for the sake of getting better but really you want to get better obviously you want to get better because you want to enjoy what you're doing but also you should like you're saying enjoying what you're doing while you're getting better and kind of figuring that out so all today every patient that came in i was just like how can i enjoy this if it's a new patient exam if i'm doing a BPE, if i'm taking x-rays and i think it came across to the patients as well like i had i think my energy just the the my whatever jokes or little rapport building was A lot nicer but I think in every single thing I was doing I was like you know enjoying it and I think that's 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 such a big part of you know what's the point of like working 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 if if you're not in you know able to enjoy it in the end so yeah that's my takeaway
2: (laughs) good I'm I'm so glad that you've seen that so early on and it is crazy how it depends what kind of dentist you are I guess but it's crazy how much patients pick up i'm i'm very bad i don't have a poker face and i remember i was going through some really difficult family stuff at the time and i was just trying to survive and you know i wasn't the happiest but i was trying my best and i thought i was put a good professional screen on but these are patients that i literally just saw for like a six month review and they were sort of questioning like i was like oh how are you doing today you know good morning like, yeah i'm good are you okay i was like yeah it's a, it's a good day blah, blah blah and then they asked me again like are, are you okay you like. Look- so-and-so, I was like, oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that was coming across. Yeah, I've got some stuff going on, but that's fine. Like I'm here to help you today. And it was so nice to almost have that rapport with the patient that they'd actually start caring about how I felt uh-huh.
1: rather than the whole time we're just scared if they're gonna sue us. Well, it's a bit like, um, have you ever heard, I had a talk on actually during FD on one of my study days, and it was about the human factors, um, uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of like how how we are as people In terms of physical health emotional well-being and all the rest of it and how that actually impacts our kind of day-to-day uh work and i know i I remember having a chat with um, one of your other guests tj and um Mm -hmm. some he was like oh some days i'm just so up for it and other days it's just so hard to feel motivated and excited and things like that and i think we all have that when Mm -hmm. some days Mm -hmm. i'm like you know what i'm ready to tackle you know an awkward endo and other days i'm i yeah. dreading it all day um yeah. and or yeah. other days where i'm like i just don't even bother getting my camera out because i just can not be bothered and then halfway through the day i'm like oh i wish i did it just because i wasn't yeah it every time yeah it's all like you know stuff that goes on in personal lives and you know have you are you hydrated mm-hmm. are you you know have you eaten well and all the yeah. rest of it so that's the, just like, is there anything, anything that you
0: do, do that. consistently that helps you feel like you can perform at your best is there anything you notice so i'm like obviously i'm sleeping well i'm drinking on the floor, well, i'm eating well but like i guess it is them things but is there anything else in particular
1: do you know what i wish i could give you an amazing piece of advice right now but it's just, <laughs> you know there are some days where i'm just thinking it oh, it's gonna be a long yeah. time um and i think it's it's just normal everyone's going to feel like that i mean you see these like gurus on instagram and it seems like every day they're doing the most amazing things and they're motivated and they will have good days and bad days and you know the stressful ones and i think it's recognizing actually you can you can have one of those days it's just how you try and bounce back from it you know go to the gym go out with your mates do do whatever um but it's just recognizing actually sometimes we will have bad days and that's that's okay
2: Hundred percent. Just have a day sometimes, you know, you don't have to have a good day, but just have a day, sleep on it, see what the next day is like. And I was saying,
0: so don't, don't let dentistry take over your life, which is, which I guess is easier said than done, but
2: yeah, there's much more to
0: life than it. Yeah, but you have
2: to work, you do, you have to work so that doesn't happen. And I I think, look, the the reason you didn't have sort of a magic bullet answer, because Adam, it is kind of most of the things you were saying there, if you're in a period where, you're drinking your water properly, you're consistent at the gym, you're sleeping really well, then it's a good time and probably everything else is falling into place. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it is those times where we get knocked down and those things become inconsistent. Well, you just it's just a blip and you're eventually going to get back to your baseline again, but you just need to ride it out sometimes a little bit. And, and that's fine because every time you get to the end of the tunnel, you sort of look back and it's like, actually, that really sucked while I was in there. But
1: looking back at it now, it wasn't that deep. For so sure, you definitely don't want dentistry to become your life. Um, and I even have thought sort of like, uh, obviously, you guys are now doing a podcast every week and things like that. And it probably takes a lot of your time, obviously, just recording the episodes, editing. And <laughs> there's probably some days where you're thinking, oh, probably not ideal, but you do it anyway. And I think that's the same with, with the work. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Because it's some days you're, you're up for it and some days it'll be a bit more of a bit more of a slog.
2: I don't know how Adam feels. That's an interesting topic because I kind of thought that. I was like, oh, committing an hour each week and stuff, and Adam does the editing, to be fair. So, you know, I've got it easy. So he's probably going to have a different opinion. But even though it's teeth-related, it's actually quite nice to reflect and and this podcast kind of forces us to be positive while Mm -hmm. we're recording. There's no chance I always think positively. I don't. I'm actually quite a pessimistic person. But this forces me to reframe my thought which is a which is a skill they use in therapy all the time you take the exact same problem but you think of it in a positive light and that's what this podcast does so actually it's it's quite refreshing and makes me kind of enjoy what i do during the week
0: yeah 100%. I think it just brings Adam's connection. Be like, nah, I hate this. No, no, I, I agree, mate. I think and it just brings connection as well, <laughs> you know, obviously I connect, connecting with 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 you, so you know, but like obviously the messages that we get in the week and other people going, "Oh, I listened to the podcast yeah, and I had this so nice. exact same experience and it, you know, obviously it make it lets other people and obviously people who are listening know that other people are in the same boat as them just starting FD, just starting DCT you know talking about all these same thoughts and feelings but also for us we're you know getting it's really nice for us to get that feedback as well and know that um not that we're helping people but like you know it's nice for people to listen to when people are listening to us on the way into work or whatever um so no yeah i yeah, that's uh, nice. i really enjoy it but it is you know you, you've got to be consistent with it and it is you've got to turn up with you know not, however you're feeling but we you know we are going to try and record every week and stick to it and be consistent and and that's that's the more probably the more difficult part of it is, is making the time
2: yeah so unfortunately we are on a dental podcast though so we're going yes. <laughs> go to talk about um, <laughs> yeah. so, so uh,
0: i was just going to ask you about kind of transitioning at the end of dft to associate ship, and i think you you mentioned us to us at the start of the podcast that you stayed in the same practice that you were in, and you had a really good FD year, but were you ever looking at moving? What kind of factors were going through your head at that point? We spoke about kind of not doing DCT for a few reasons, but did did you kind of um, have any like a checklist or anything like that? You're like, I'm, I'm looking for a practice like this, or you know, i was starting as an associate, looking for maybe mentorship or anything like that, or was it you know you were happy where you were when you were you know you were in in a supportive
1: environment. So, I mean, I, my FD practice, I was there for the year, and then I moved back to, to North London, where, where I'm from. Oh, yes. Um, And then I've been, and then I've been here and for just over a year now, um, Mm. because I, that was more kind of, for kind of personal reasons. I want to be back near a family and all the rest of it. So I looked for a a job closer to home. Um, And then I know a lot of people start working in two or even three different practices. And I thought staying in one just gives me that stability. And very quickly I knew what I was doing. I knew my referrals. I developed a network and all the rest of it. And now when I'm going to be working at two practices come next month, I've got my stable base and now I'm just starting to branch out a little bit and, you know, dip my toe in the water. And I I, I think it's just worked really, really well for me. Um, other people might do something mm-hmm. differently. Um, and you mentioned about DCT and I reckon everyone in my dental school thought I would do DCT one, two, and if not even three. Um, yeah. And I think when it came to actually preparing for the interviews uh, and doing all that, my, my thought process was, I just can't be bothered. I was knackered. I was, and <laughs> I know yeah, that's not a special reason. I was just, I just, well, but- Facts. it's Absolute just how I felt facts. and I was like sure, yeah. if, <laughs> if that's how I'm feeling at the time then clearly I don't want it enough and mm-hmm. I think it was partly because I had a challenging year in my FD for kind of where I was um, and I thought I just didn't want to do that again um, mm-hmm. and in hindsight, bad, yeah. Yeah, in hindsight maybe I should have in hindsight maybe I could have just done, done the process and then seen where I've got and um, mm and then rejected. But I know I've heard if you get off at a place and you say, no, that's basically it. You can't reapply as far as I'm aware. I oh, um, didn't know that. And mm-hmm. um, I just thought it, it just wasn't, it just didn't feel right for me. I wanted a bit more control about where I ended up. Um, and that's how yeah. I kind of end up as an associate. Okay. And on the other side, I've got some friends who were never going to do DCT and now I'm doing DCT too. So mm. it's, <laughs> there's no crazy. right or wrong really at that point yeah um, uh-huh. this is why i always and, say you know don't
2: just you you go in thinking that you're going to go this way and then things just change so quickly in year. but at the same time like don't get too stressed about it because the lovely thing about dentistry is that you're gonna have to try very hard to go a certain direction and close different options to you you can still go this route and they could just decide next year, like actually, maybe I'll do some DCT. You know, mm-hmm. that's always open, which is really nice. So don't stress about it too much. If it's giving you that much stress, just you know, just relax, take it easy. Mm-hmm.
0: And 100%. in choosing and your new, other
1: advanced... go on, sorry.
0: sorry. So into into the so the new practice that you're moving to, um, kind of what were you looking for in that? Um, and kind of how did you choose to make that decision to move to the to the new practice? Um, so, I
1: wanted to move because you get to experience different dentists, you can learn off different people, different environment. Um, and the sort of practice I was looking for is one where I can learn. You know, are they big mm-hmm. on taking on young dentists and helping them develop? Um, are they mm-hmm. supportive? Do they have the right equipment? Are they willing to get the right equipment? Um, and I think that's what a lot yeah. of practices are realizing now if they want to attract younger dentists they're going to need a sandblaster. They're going to need a scanner. They're going to need these things because that's where modern dentistry is moving. And that's kind of what I was looking for, um, or more of it and just kind of expand my horizons. And I thought, you know, work where I am for a year, get to grips to what I'm doing, see what I'm good at and then see where I want to move and not rush. Um, whereas I know some other people straight away went straight into private practice and done a different route. Um, I think both work, um, but that's kind of my thought process, and I was just ready to for a new challenge, really.
0: No, amazing. Now that's that's really good to hear, and I think those are things that I guess for me coming to the end of my FD year, I can kind of take as things to look out for for a practice. If you know, if 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 I go um, and become an associate, Um, and I think the, the the other question I have is kind of going forward, like what are your, I guess your goals or what kind of for, for dentistry kind of have you got any ideas of where you're going or are you just you know getting into the new practice seeing your patients I know was, you know um, kind of one-year diplomas of very popular these days have you got any kind of inklings or any courses coming up or
1: yeah I think I mean kind of what I said before I'm still kind of working towards being a good generalist so the kind of the courses yeah. and diplomas I would Consider are the ones with a little bit m- more of a broader range and not a specific uh, niche of dentistry. Um, so I haven't really thought about it too much at the moment, uh, primarily because, you know, they're very expensive and hmm. I've got yes. to save up for it at the same time as saving up for a deposit and all the rest of it. It's, it's, it's difficult to think that far ahead. Um, would I like to specialise at some point? Maybe. Maybe. Um, bit more challenging without doing dct there are other pathways um to specialize um but it's slightly more restricted um and i just want to still see what what i enjoy like sometimes i love endo, sometimes i hate it um some days i love doing all the crown preps and vice versa um not yeah. perio can't deal with that but um, <laughs> you know I, I want to keep my my options open um as much as i can at this point going straight into associateship so it's i'm just trying to get better at everything really so it's hard to know what course because there's there's a lot out there um Uh but 100 percent. but i think what i'm doing at the moment is networking um and i've always done that and it's actually how um I got my new job, it was just through networking and I know the person who was offering the job because um, so I'd done some work for her within dentistry but not clinical um, in the past and that literally came from my dad networking to put me in contact with someone and mm-hmm. it's just kind of snowballed from there. Um, so wow. that's kind of how I'm working things at the moment.
2: Before we sort of tail off, like I always love just showing off what people have been up to and obviously tj was is doing amazing with with the course that he's providing for these young dentists but you as well you're doing a lot of work for them as well would you want to talk a little bit about what you've been involved in
1: yeah so um you're uh, talking about diane uh, dentistry, in nu- dentistry in a nutshell um so that's that first textbook which i think is pretty popular um was written yeah by, you could uh, say that uh, I think uh, everyone everyone in
0: um, everyone, everyone leeds had a
1: yeah, yeah. And uh, man. and I mean, again, this little bit of a butterfly effect, um, and this is where the networking comes in. Uh, Nicola Gore's practice is not far from where my dad's shop is. and uh, Your dad's the, shop?
2: What's, what's your, what shop's your dad? He, he's, a,
1: he's a jeweler up in, in Whetstone. Oh, yes. I'm going to go get ice dope with him. <Exactly>. <laughs> One of, one of Nicola's family members got into, went into my dad's shop and they my dad got talking and she was like, oh, yeah, my family member is the dentist up the road. I said, oh, my son does dentistry. And then I met Nicola through that, got chatted with her. And then one random night, I was going through Instagram and I randomly messaged Rabia um, and we ended up talking about Diane. She said she needed a hand, but had loads of offers and then came back to me a few days later and said, oh, you already know Nicola? Why don't you? Oh, yeah, like, go on help us nice. and then I've now helped write two chapters of the new textbook which will be released Amazing. Uh, I'm not sure exactly but I think sometime 2024 um, in the first wow. months maybe I'm not 100% um, and so I've written done that I've helping with their website which they are just about to launch and I've got my own little section um, <laughs> that I'll be putting in like mm. clinical tips things like that which is similar to what I've got on my uh, Instagram page at the moment um, Make sure of- on the
0: Instagram. Uh, don't don't miss out.
2: Yeah, it's, on it's so good. Like the, I said, it helped set. me so
1: much. I mean, if you've got any more ideas for the clinical tips little section, it's sometimes it's it gets harder and harder to think of them. Um, <laughs> no you more, want to be original, but there's so many
2: things already out there. Yeah, but you can always repeat it. Like Mike is doing dentists the whole time. There's only so many dentists you can see, and every time I'm still like re reinforcing what i'm looking uh-huh. at and learning i so have, just put, put the same thing again i actually did oh, a, I did a collab
1: post with mike did you i did that shots <laughs> that was
2: that was picking him
1: up yeah you, i did, did an, i did up. a collab post with him a few months ago about <laughs> I get me the some sort of uh, impression technique and yeah. obviously both on our both on ours and it got like like double the number of likes that he usually gets um oh, he
2: usually gets that's yeah. kind
1: of wild and wow. uh, it just kind of that one post just kind of blew up, and that's literally the one of the things I like about this is going back to the Instagram and the networking. Is I literally just messaged Mike randomly from time to time. Yeah. He always responds, to his, and he did a session for me. Mike's good, wow. He's a yeah. such a lovely guy, and yeah. I literally said, "Do you want to do a collab post?" He said, "Sure, fine, done." It's it's so easy to network. Big time, big yeah. time. Yeah, shout out to Mike cool. again.
0: <laughs> lovely. I'm, uh, and then I think obviously just before we wrap it up, me and Cena obviously usually reflect on our week and we share obviously something we've kind of learned in that week. So obviously you're a bit further on in your career, but is there anything you've kind of mm-hmm. learned this week or recently that you'd like to share? It literally can be anything dentistry wise.
1: Yeah. Um, there was one patient this week, which was the first time I'd been in a certain situation and it was a big learning point and it was a bit surprising and I came away a little bit like handshaken. Like I got off the phone with this patient and I didn't really know how oh. to react. And the back to the story was the patient came in, I was first dentist they've seen in quite a long time and really, really aggressive mm-hmm. perio like a lot of top teeth need to go and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. And I spotted something in one of the PAs and thought a little bit suspicious um, mm-hmm. and sent for an OPG and something didn't look right. Um, and then I wanted to do a two-week referral. And obviously, you need mm-hmm. consent to do that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I want to get know what it is or get it treated before you even think about doing dentures because health you know, is more important at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the patient mm-hmm. just blew up on me, um, sh- shouted at me, and was wow. saying, wow. I don't care about that. I just want the top teeth that you promised me um and i was just saying look i really want to refer you and all the rest of it and you know it, it was it was quite surprising and mm. you know you can't force anyone to do what they want and you know I, I was thinking what's the ethical thing to do can i do these extractions of dentures when mm, there's something yeah. i'm kind of seriously worried about yeah um and i you know i spoke to my indemnity i was like what's the best way to go about it um and it was just it was just really shocking because the first time i've ever thought of a patient who didn't want me to kind of look out for what I felt was their best interest. But, mm. you know, that's what the patient wanted. And in the end, she kind of decided, actually, yeah, go on, have a referral. I think it was a bit of a shock factor that I was even talking yeah. about this in the uh-huh. first place.
2: Yeah, But
1: that was a really challenging conversation that I was like stuttering the whole time. I was like, I, I just wasn't expecting the reaction. Yeah, whenever
2: you're trying to look out for them, that's uh-huh. it's quite... It's not the realms where you would yeah. expect. There's no warning signs. Yeah, yeah and I think with too, yeah. you're
1: doing oral med at the moment, Sina, Yeah, and you'll have patients who already know they're being referred for something. You know, you don't see yeah. patients out of them. Whereas in general practice, you're seeing patients who think they are absolutely fine, there's not anything wrong with them, and you're the first mm-hmm. one to break that news. And usually you're breaking that news straight away. And yeah. they're going to get shocked, and they're going to have a, an emotional reaction, whereas they would have accepted that they're going to see someone else once you've referred them for a specific reason. Yeah. And you've got to be, maybe I, maybe I was a bit too abrupt with saying it to her. Maybe I didn't go about the right way. It's, you know, you just got to look back and think, what could I have done better? Mm. Um, So it's it's sometimes being in general practice is difficult because you are the first port of call and you've got to deal with everything. Yeah. It's not something like
2: it is, difficult you are a jack of all trades and that is really really hard general practice Mm. is the hardest path of dentistry you can take that is that is the fact full stop whenever you're a specialist or or, well actually whenever you're a specialist and if you're a good specialist or special interest dentist which title doesn't exist but you can call yourself Mm. that if you're a really good one is because your case selection is so good how how, how are you going to case select your general practice you you can't until you've met that patient 100 percent hundred yeah. percent yeah so i absolutely mm-hmm. hand hand up it's very nice getting your referrals for all there. thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> amazing yeah and no thank you for sharing that and i think obviously it just shows that we all just keep learning and dentistry is difficult and you you never know kind of what's gonna come in the door to do you and every, all the time you're managing something different but like you said you reflected on the situation you've kind of thought about it and that's kind of what we're trying to do on this podcast and encouraging everyone to do. So yeah. Yeah. Really good. Uh, any, any last questions yeah, I think... or anything, Cena? Oh, oh I'm go on, Sina, go on, Sina. Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, no, Adam's just trying no, to who... dog me in again. Shut up Adam. <laughs> let, let Luke speak. <laughs> um, I think any experience that you go through as an FD and early career dentist, every single other dentist out there would have done it. had the same issues. I think it's rare to have something that's so isolated and it's just, just talk about it like and then you realize how common some things are and then you, you do learn to deal with it it's like exposure therapy like Cena mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um it 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 just is part part of the job really it's it's just is what it is <laughs>
2: yeah i'd like to actually i don't know why this just came in my head i would like to clarify on the last podcast episode no one called me out for it but i did say that there's no favoritism in dentistry i take it back because obviously you got all this stuff like if you're like a man going through it all that stuff all i wanted to say by that is that everybody struggles through dentistry uh-huh. no one called me on him but you can't call me out now he's <laughs> like, taking it back you're, so refle- you're well. yeah but it was based off your point because wait till i wait till i cut this out me. the edit mate. yeah you're actually the worst (laughs) you've just been firing shots the whole time next episode i'm just going straight for you mate but it it just adds on to what luke was saying where something that i find so comforting was any sort of feeling i was had i would very openly share it to the other associates and they're kind of just their blasé reaction to it like well yeah you just started like we all get that like mm-hmm. i still get that that was so comforting to me rather than them just sitting down be like it's okay don't worry i just wanted to know that even these guys that i respect have gone through or are still going through it so so like you said there it's a testament to your point there yeah well this has been lovely yeah
1: well, i've enjoyed perfect. this me too i think we're gonna have to get you back for a second i, I, I agree it's been lovely that's so a great you know, you know what? Uh, maybe me and TJ will make our own. We'll make a rival one. Every Thursday and Saturday, we'll <laughs> post. Right, get on. <laughs> <laughs> now we got
2: competition. Oh, <laughs> Thursday <yeah>. and <laughs> Saturday, times two. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. what? Fine, right. It's up. going to be a daily podcast, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Daily podcast cut, that, cut that, cut that, cut <laughs> that. Was too much. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's really been so good. Nick. Thanks for coming on. And, and I appreciate it. It's you been know, a long time coming. Yeah. Um, you,
0: just want to sign us out, where, Adam. Where, yeah, where can people find you? Just to uh, obviously, dentistry in a nutshell
1: website, but um, on socials. Yeah, um, my social, Doctor Luke Levy Dental. Um, you can people can always message me. I'm I'm pretty quick at responding. Usually, same day or the next day or two. Um, I'm always happy to help and um, start a conversation, and um, that's the, probably the best way to get through to me is through my instagram but um hopefully i'll you know branch out at some point but that's that'll be the best place at this point in time yeah and the most important listening
2: to the uh, person listening to this podcast i completely stumbled my words there i was gonna say the most important person listening to this podcast (laughs) would you like to give them a little shout out like the most
1: important Oh, you. <laughs> oh, again, I'm trying not to swear. <laughs> oh, I should not not Go not on, awful. say it. Make her oh, happy. Enough. It's because uh, um, I got, before I told some people I was going to record this, and um, my mum, let me yeah. to her um, because she wants the full hour um, to listen to this. Um, and uh, this will it. be the test to see if she listens to the whole thing. Yes, right at absolutely. the end.
2: So we I'm not so. going to say a word yeah, to you can her. Ask her. Love it. Good. Yeah. Hi, Luke's mum. Oh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> thank you <for> listening.
0: Okay. <laughs> Lovely. So yeah, thank you everyone right. for listening. Um, definitely go and follow Luke as we were saying to start of the podcast. Well, well worth a follow. Loads of tips and advice and reflections. Um, and yeah, me and Cena will be back. Sadly, just us two. I think we've fallen out over this hour yeah. a little
2: bit. And um, yeah. I mean, let me, you come for me every episode. <laughs> it gets worse. You're the problem. The you didn't problem. even rate my introduction this time. I try so hard. so so much. It was, yeah, it anyway, was we'll better. It, for it, was, it was a 10 out of 10. But, um, next episode is couples therapy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: thanks for listening, guys. Thank you very much we'll for see listening. see you
1: next week. Cheers, having me, guys.